the blast from our past network. This week on Talking Back, comic books and comic conventions. Ah, that's the life. Talking Back. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I am your host, Tim, and with me in studio is co-host Dean. Hello, Dean. You're in studio on my computer monitor. Right. My my face is there. Um, electronically, you're in studio with me because I can see I can see your face. Yeah, my, my body isn't my physical body isn't there. No, that's right. But your um electronic digital version of yourself. And yeah. um, your spirit is with us as well. Always, always, always. Tim. My spirit is always with you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, this is going to be a fun one. I think so. I, I think so too. I, I don't have like much preamble to this. Okay. Do you? Me? Yeah. You. No, I don't think so. I've just had like, I'm a little down because I've had a little bit of a bad weekend. Oh my goodness, Dean. Yes. I was I was hoping yes. that you wouldn't do that because it's so obvious and so I, I you know what I'm I'm gonna say it pathetic. That's so, that is so pathetic, Dean. We got a, like a moan from probably all of the listeners. All of them I was, moaned. Collectively moaned. I was at thrown that. off at the beginning there, Tim, because you didn't ask me how I was, so I was like, How am I gonna slip this in? Because I didn't want you to slip something like that in. I knew you'd go you there. You specifically didn't ask me how I was. I didn't want you to say that because it's too obvious, Dean, we're better than that. Here at Talking no. About um, listeners, I'm sorry. We strive to be better than what Dean has just done. Um, we don't like to take those type of like easy jokes and um uh, Dean is uh, not uh, in in an apologetic mood right now, but I will apologize on behalf of the podcast. We're sorry, no, Tim. You, Tim, you know what's you know what's underrated? Obvious humor, underrated. <laughs> no way, dude. Yeah, no obvious yeah. humor. Now, is all these obvious. people are trying to come up with these smart jokes. No, man, low hanging fruit. That's what makes everybody laugh. Yeah, everybody is busting a gut out there right now. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't know. I I don't think so, but I could be okay, wrong. Fair. I could be okay. wrong. I don't know. Maybe that was funny. Well, Maybe I'm so unfunny that I just don't get it. But that that could be it. A different know. sense of humor. I don't know. Anyway, speaking of comics. Speaking of comics, uh, yes, we are going to do a comic called Bad Weekend. It's not oh, even the oh, weekend wow. yet. It's not even the weekend, Dean. It's, it's a like, coincidence that I had such a bad weekend and we're reading a comic called Bad Weekend. If it was called Bad Week. Okay, it's Friday right now. We're recording on, yeah. a, on a Friday. If it was called Bad Week, that joke would still be terrible. But it's not even the weekend yet. And you used it. You pulled it out. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm actually blown away you actually went for that. See? See, it's growing on you. <laughs> the joke isn't, but I'm very impressed with yeah. your resolve yeah, for to it. squeeze that in there. You didn't ask me how I was doing, and it's not even the weekend yet, and I still went for it. Yeah, okay. I still well, found a way. Well, we're doing Bad Weekend. And this is probably the most recent material we've ever done because this is from last year 2019 oh wow but tim we're talking back well i know we, we uh we like to uh say that anything that happened well anything that's happened anything that's in the past is retro for us done i just hope uh i hope nobody else in uh in the bfop network um listens to this one. Oh yeah i know because they're gonna be so not, mad it's, they might not consider this so retro yeah 
now. They might boot us. They might boot us out. We might get thrown out of the network, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess our only saving grace here is that this story takes place in 1977. Okay? Yes, Tim. So that's yes. why yeah. we're calling it retro because it takes place in that time. The comic came out last year. That's not our fault. That's We didn't have anything to do with that. So we can't no. be held responsible for it not being retro. Of course. It should have came out 30 years ago. Right? Tim, that's why you're the best. Because you just pull out stuff like that. You make the connections. This is retro content in 1997. Thank you. Yes. I just don't want to get thrown out of the network. So yeah, I, I know. I mean, I figured out here. But yeah, um, yeah we just kind of we uh, we live by the beat of our own drum here talking back. We do. Kinda it's do- actually we live by the beat of the drum set right behind me. That's the beat we live by. Why don't you go give us a little riff? This will be fun. That'll not Tim. That'll not be happening. Go give us a little riff. No, Dean, come on. The no. listeners want this. I can no, see the no, drum no, no. set behind you. Just take take a minute. I'm not going to stop this until you go and play the drums for everybody. It doesn't have to be long, Dean. Just give us something. All right, I'm going. Okay, good. Thank you. Because I'm serious. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to stop. Okay. Okay. Give us what you got. Give us your best little riff. He's going back to the drum set. He's sitting down. He's picking up his drumsticks. He he really wants this. I know he wants this. <laughs> He's coming back. It looks like he's coming back. <laughs> That's all he's got. There, now you have a little sound bite to play after my joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I won't be doing that. But oh, come um, on, it's right there for you. I was I think I think I uh, along with the listeners were hoping for a little bit more there. Uh, but that's fine. Oh, you just said to go hit them, so that's what I did. Oh, I, 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 I think I said give us a little riff or something, but you know uh, what? You know what? That's okay. We're good for now, Dean. Thank you for doing that. I'm gonna, welcome. I'm gonna call you out again, and I expect, I expect more next time. Okay. Okay. You better, you better play that after my joke, Tim. I'm just gonna leave it for where it was. We're gonna, we're just gonna listen to that. So it would be weird okay. if I cut that in after your joke, and then we heard you play it moments later. Or would it be so funny? They'd be like, where did that come from? And then they'd catch up to the future where I actually played it. Uh, I'm not sure. Let's just go okay. with let's just go with this. They're going to be laughing so hard at your joke yeah, yeah. that they wouldn't hear what comes immediately after. So That's no fair. point of me putting anything in there. That's fair. Okay, perfect. Now, this is um, a collaboration from Brubaker and Phillips. And if yes. you do not know who these dudes are, Go and check them out because they are amazing. They are one of the very, very, very top quality writer and illustrator duos out there right now. For sure. They just crush it with anything they do. And uh, Dean, I know you're a real fan. You've read more of them than I have. So why don't you just give us a little bit on Brubaker and Phillips? Oh, man. Give you a little. Yeah, they're just. Uh, just like what, what some fa- of the stuff they've done or what, what, you, yeah, what you've read like, as well. They're one of my favorite pairs, and I started with Sleeper, um, which is kind of going to be just one of my favorites always. I think it's because it's the first time I ever read them, like as a pair, and it just, it's something so special that that's what, when it first hit me. But also Criminal, which this um, story is actually from. Um, Criminal, their original run of Criminal is just so amazing. I would like recommend going to read that. So great. Um, also, The Fade Out, Fatal. Um, yeah, just great work from both of them yeah agreed fatal is one of my favorite books of all time it's what got me back into comics uh yeah. maybe about i don't know maybe what 
four or five years ago, I kind of got back into it hard. That was the book that did it. I did not understand that this type of quality of work was out there. And oh man, was I blown away by that. Excellent book. Also, also, I will say uh, Brubaker um, teamed up with Greg Rucka on uh, Gotham Central, which is a book just about the Gotham Police Department. Oh, neat. So like Batman is basically not in it. Like he's kind of just in it sometimes to jump in and save the day. And then the police department's like, ah, shit, like we had that one. Like this guy always comes in and grabs the grabs the guys and takes the credit. So it's, it's really, really cool. He's just such a great crime writer that uh, anything that has that sort of crime angle or murder mystery angle, anything like that, it's just, for me, knocks it out of the park. Yeah, they they definitely have that going on. Now, I love when like a writer and illustrator team, they get together, they do some work, and then they are obviously so amazing that they just keep going. They just yeah. like don't even work with anybody anymore. And that's pretty much what you have here is these guys, once they got together and kind of started going, it's just like, well, it's not going to get better than this. So we're just going to stick together and write all these, uh, all these comics. So yeah, I think Love they have it. like some sort of uh, contract together with image right now where they just like do whatever they want, do all the work they want, um, but they do it together. Oh well, yeah. I would not be surprised at that. That would make a lot Great of sense. Team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, I just wanted to say uh, a quick thing about Sean Phillips, and that is in 2011. Now, you probably heard about this, Dean, I'm sure. Uh, in 2011, Phillips was one of 62 comic creators at a convention in London to set two Guinness World Records. One was the fastest production of a comic book, and the other was most contributors on a comic book. So they made a comic book called Superior, and Mark Millar started writing the script at 9 in the morning. He wrote a 20-page um, script for that. And then Phillips, along with other artists, just appeared on the stage throughout the day to continue working on cool. the uh, the comic book. Um, so they did like the pencils, the inks, the lettering. And then they completed the book after 11 hours, 19 minutes, and 38 seconds to set two world records. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool. That's a cool thing. Wow, all, that's... All the money that's went to charity cool. for uh, for whatever. Oh, they that's made. awesome! Mm-hmm. That's awesome! That's so cool! I did not know that, Tim. That's uh, that's really amazing. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's that's a cool thing. It was a cool. I remember hearing about that, and I was like, "Oh, yeah. well, that sounds really neat." Uh, but I had forgotten about it. But uh, yeah, it popped up in the brain again. Now that was released by Icon Comics. Do you know what Icon is? I think I do. Icon is um, one of the Marvel brands, right? Yeah, it's a Marvel imprint. Yeah. Yeah, imprint. Yeah. Do you know what it is though? Like what the, like why it's its own imprint? Um, is it the more mature comics? No, it's very, very cool though. It's um, an imprint for Marvel comic creator owned titles. That's So right. it's a That's way right. of yeah. keeping the A talent uh, like contracted with, with them, right? Yeah. So it's like if Marvel, wa- like if, if let's say, uh, let's say these two guys, let's say Brubaker and Phillips want to do their own project, but you know, they're contracted to Marvel and they can't do their own stuff. Marvel wants them to do other stuff. Then they kind of created this imprint so that those two guys could just create their own stuff under the Marvel umbrella and uh, have, you know, basically probably earn more money doing that, right? Like get more, more money from it. So. Yeah, Tim, that is a, that's a really great um, thing for you to bring up and start at the beginning of the podcast, because like that to me is like all that this, like everything that this book is about. Um, I think that those themes come through this book so much. And I wanted to talk a lot about sort of creator own work versus working for a big company like 
Marvel or, or DC. So I, I'm glad that you set the table with that and we can get into it as we're getting into the story. Sure. Now, this uh, this was released under Image Comics, but uh, yeah. just, you know, that superior thing was under that uh, icon imprint. And yeah. uh, I believe both these guys have worked on Marvel before. They've just moved over to Image because Image is obviously much more friendly for creators, right? F- friendlier environment. Yeah. Well, and you own what you work on. Right. Yeah. That's where I would go. Let's yeah. just say that. If I... If I could do something if I could release a comic I'd just go right to image and they would say so sorry who are you your stuff is garbage (laughs) (laughs) I think actually you just have to pay them a fee and they'll publish your book oh really I think that's how it is yeah comiXology you can just submit something and it'll go up on comiXology it just has to like pass Uh, they'll check it out and make sure there's like no pornography or like uh, any sort of propaganda or that shouldn't be in there or something like that but yeah you can if you can get a book done you can get it up on comiXology so and I know your stuff, Tim. Your stuff's jam-packed with pornography. <laughs> That's all I do. That's all you do, it's man. All, it's pornography and, pro- and propaganda. That's all. Yeah. It's, it's propaganda. <laughs> it's them, it's propaganda yeah. through pornography. It's quite an interesting lane, actually, that <clears throat> you've taken. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it's getting it's, it's quite, getting quite popular. It, it really is. Yeah. I might yeah. I might have to find an, a new host for the podcast because it's really taking off. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it would but, be you, Dean. Tim. It would be you. You could take over with, okay, with okay. Brian. Brian can be the co-host if we could find I him. Could, I could probably do a podcast with Brian. Tim, I, I will say, though, that uh, you can get your foot in the door at Marvel or DC. Like, not you specifically, but, no, no, <laughs> but we, writers we, in we, general. We get, we get you. you know, writers in general can get their foot in the door in Marvel and DC, get to work on, you know, some books, maybe work their way up into more important books so that their names are well known now in the industry. And that's when they can sort of leave and go to Im- like make their image book, make the book that they control, that they own everything about, put that out. And now people like me, when I go to the comic store, I'm like, hey, I know that. I know that writer, that person wrote this great arc on it for marvel and so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna check out their creator own work so i think there is like it, there's this there's this thing about like you know you don't want to work necessarily for marvel because then they they own your stuff but also that's kind of how you work your way up sure yeah so i think it's i think it's yeah there's like a there's an interesting dynamic between the two types of work i think out there um and yeah again i think this book kind of dives into it it's funny that you explain it that way because um, you know, maybe 15, 20 years ago when image was just starting out, it would have been the reverse of that. It would have been, you could go to image, do some work to get your name out there to go and work mm. at DC or Marvel. So it's, yeah. it's really interesting that, um, you know, this much later it's reversed and, and people might be doing it backwards. Uh, I like, I like what you're saying because image is my favorite publisher. Um, yeah. it, 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 they are like, I like all the Same. publishers. Um, I like, yeah. You know, all of them have good stuff, but I, I'm finding the best stuff coming from Image for me personally. So it's interesting. Yeah. And I think kind of now nowadays when movies and TV are taking so much from comics, you want to get that Image book out that's going to be that next TV show because you are the one who owns that. If you are working at Marvel and you've created some Marvel character and that becomes a TV show... Too bad. It's Marvel's. Marvel owns that character. But if you go jump to Image, you make your cool book, and they make a movie out of that, that's you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So a short little background here before we get started into this story. So bad weekend. 
This is a crime thriller set against the backdrop of a comic convention. Um, this is only two issues. It's issue number two and three of Criminal Volume 2. Now, they decided to release this as its own standalone book because when they were doing this month to month, under the time crunch of the monthly releases, which are very uh, tight deadlines, they weren't actually able to get all the content in that they wanted, and some content that was made actually had to be cut. Hmm. So after, after it was released monthly, Phillips goes back and finishes the additional content, and they include that in this standalone book. Uh, now, Criminals, it's basically broken down like a lot like an anthology, so it's a lot of individual stories amongst um, a larger book. So you don't even need to read issue one. Uh, if you got that volume to like follow along with like two and three, like these two issues are a standalone story yeah, that have nothing to do with anything else. So, and sort of like the way criminal kind of works is that they all are these like stories that can be read by themselves. Like same with the old criminal stuff. They're all these arcs that can be read by themselves, but they kind of have characters that show up in all of them. So they're kind of interweaving. Okay. Um, so like there's a bunch of characters in here that have shown up in the old criminal works. So I know I knew a bunch of the characters. Oh, neat. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, this is the only thing um, other than Fatal that I've read from these guys. So yeah. Uh, and Fatal was its own thing. There were, it was just a standalone, you know, 20, right, 25 yeah. issue series. Now Brubaker had the idea for this 25 years ago. Uh, he had always wanted to write a story about how the legends of the industry never earned what they deserved. Um, so like the ones like the, the old timers who uh, were involved with creating the Marvel characters and the DC characters, they all got terrible deals back in the day. Right. And, mm -hmm. and just basically mm -hmm. everybody else makes money off of what they did except them. So he wanted to tell that story. Yeah. So it is July, 1997. Oh no. I said it was 1977, Dean. It's 1997. Okay. I, I knew it was not. I think I said 1997. Okay. So I had you covered. Good. Yeah, I said 77, I think. That's still retro, though. Roll, roll back the tapes. Yeah. Pause podcast. Roll back the tapes. We got to check this out. Yeah. You play the drums while I go check it out, okay? Okay. How about sounds that? good. So, Dean, right away on page one, the art is, is grabbing my attention. That's what immediately. Great. It's just like. Great. It's cliche, but the art is popping off the page for me, right? Yeah. I, I, I love their style. It's it's so specific. Like it is, they're always doing like crime stories, right? Like it's always like noir. The art style yeah. um, is so perfect. It's so obvious why these guys are together, right? They just complement each other so well. Um, but it's just, again, this, this art style is perfect for the story that they're telling. Um, there's lots of dark colors, right? And mm -hmm. there's uh, lots of heavy black being used. I love how they use the heavy black. Um, it's like even on pages that are set outside in the daylight, they make a point of having people either in all black shirts, all black pants. Yeah. Um, there's lots of black shadows happening and just like pure black, right? They don't use gray yeah. or like a dark version of like, if someone's in a blue shirt, and there's some shadow, and maybe it should be like a dark blue in that shadow area. They just paint it black. Yeah, so it's, yeah. It's really, really good. So a uh, very, very sharp contrast is is what they're doing. Totally. And I same same with me when I open it up. I'm um, right away pretty excited. 
And uh, it's because, I guess, something to do with the art. I recognize the the main character. I recognize this Jacob guy. Okay. And he is from my favorite arc of Criminal called Bad Night. I did not even put the two together until I started reading that, oh, this is going to be the same guy from the arc I love. So I was just pumped right away that I had opened up a book and got to read more about Jacob. Cool. I mean, is there anything that can be set up for this one from that one? No, that one is actually after. This is a prequel for Jacob. Cool. Um, you aren't given a date in in the uh, other criminal arc, but I just can tell from the things that he said and what he's working on that this is pre that one. And Tim, after I read this Bad Weekend, I got so into Brubaker Phillips. I read Bad Night right after. I read, I started to read Kill or Be Killed. And after I read Bad Night after Bad Weekend, oh, that is a nice follow-up. I would recommend that to anyone out there. Nice. Yeah. Well, we just kind of got started with the story and we're going to stop right here for a second. Sorry, everybody. We have, we have a problem with this on the podcast where it sometimes takes us a bit of time to get into the story. But to get going. To get going. Yeah. We got to get revved up here. But um, I, I did the same thing. I was so... Uh, into this after I read it. This was the second time reading it. But again, I love these guys. So I went and I bought uh, their graphic novel called Pulp. So I'm looking forward to reading that. And I picked up something from uh, Brubaker that he did back at Marvel. And it's called Tales of Doom or Tales from Doom or something like that. And it's uh, Dr. Doom's origin story. And oh, like cool, his like cool. life of him growing up as a child all the way until he gets to being Dr. Doom. So really looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I did the same thing. I was just like, I need more of these guys. So that's what they'll do. That's what they'll do to you. Yeah. And so to get back to this, to get back to Bad Weekend and sort of right at the beginning, another thing I notice, um, I, I read it for a second time. Um, you know, just last night, and I actually started to read it out loud, just sort of as a joke, I was reading it to my wife. And so I was reading it out loud, and I read the narration in sort of a um, noir, pulpy, like, PI-type voice, inner monologue-type thing, and it really, really works. And that's when I kind of realized, oh my goodness, like, they, this is perfectly written to be like a detective novel, to be like a, a PI story, which is... Like, it's not exactly what it is, but, like, that's the mood it's setting. And that's, like, my favorite type of novel to read is, like, a sort of a detective PI type thing where the guy's just, you know, you know, a little bit down on his luck and talks to himself a lot. Like, you just get this inner monologue through the whole thing. And the way it's written is just so perfect for that. Nice. Do you have the book in front of you? I do, yeah. Are you going to give us a little bit of that narration? Oh, I could, I could. Okay. Just a small I, amount. I I'm really putting you, yeah, I'm, you I'm putting you on the spot here this episode. I love it. I'm making you, you work, are, I'm, making you work I'm, for this. I'm sweating over here. Give us a little piece of the narration. Okay. In my experience, Hal Crane was a collection of bad habits and worse moods. But somewhere under all the smoke and whiskey and sullen glares was one of the most talented artists you've ever saw. Oh, dude, that's enough. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for You're doing welcome. that. Um, yes, I, I love it. Um, I love the narration because in these kind of like film noir type styles, the narration, um, well, I guess not always. I was going to say the narration feels like it's directed at you. Sometimes it right. is a very internal monologue. But in this book, I really felt like Jacob, who is doing the narration, was talking to us. Like he was telling yeah. us specifically the story and like the backstory and what was going on. So uh, I could see how 
you know, you reading the narration out loud would have really worked. So that's cool. Good job. Now, you mentioned Hal Crane in your narration there, Dean. Mm -hmm. Now, Hal Crane is a prominent figure in the comic book industry and is about to receive the Lifetime Achievement Award. He's so good, Dean, that he could apparently ink with a toothbrush or a broken stick. Oh, yeah. That's Tim, that was actually the next line in the book. Just oh, now. wow. Very nice. <laughs> That's how good he is. Dean, one time I painted a picture with a stalk of wheat. Did you? Yeah, I did. How was that? Were you Hal Crane-esque? It was, I thought it was very good. I, cool. uh, I'll post it. I'll post it on uh, maybe on social media. Oh, maybe I'll post it in our new newsletter, Dean. We have a newsletter oh. now. Cool, Tim. Yeah, uh, stay tuned for the end of the episode to find out how you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. Great. Great. I'll sign up. Yeah, me too. We just need someone to write it for us now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm not writing that thing. <laughs> I'm not I'm not writing it either. No. Uh, okay, so Hal has requested his old assistant, Jacob, be his handler for the weekend at this comic book convention. Right. And we're uh, we're seeing this from Jacob's kind of point of view as he's receiving the call um, on like page one. He's getting the call that this is all happening. Yeah. Now, Hal had a history of treating assistants and basically everybody he dealt with poorly. He apparently punched a woman for doing a bad inking job. He pulled a gun on Jerry Conway. <laughs> Which I yeah, love. Geez. We love Jerry Conway. <laughs> of course. He's great. I, I love that they're using real people in this book. Yeah. yeah. And um, Jacob, uh, he hasn't heard from Hal, though, in like 10 years. And he doesn't know why Hal would call and request him for this assignment. So I'm already loving the tension and we're on page two. I'm like, I can't turn the pages fast enough here. I just need to know. I need to know why Hal wants Jacob. Already, I want to know. Definitely. And it, it, to me, it's sort of set up like... Um, when Jacob's talking, it's like, we didn't really end on good terms. And he's like, but I guess no one did with Hal. So maybe I was just to the, the, you know, worst evil or the, the, the best of the, the, the worst or whatever, you know? Like, yeah. 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 So Jacob reluctantly agrees to the job because he says he used to be Hal's biggest fan. So they show us that it's Friday of the weekend and, uh, Jacob is now at the convention and, he tells us one of the things Hal got really famous for mm -hmm. was this cartoon called Danny Danger and the Fantasticals. That's a great name. Yeah, I think it's Danny Dagger. Oh, sorry. Danger. I said danger. It is, it is Danny Dagger. Yeah. Danny yeah. Dagger and the Fantasticals. Now, uh, Hal was a storyboard artist on the cartoon. And Jacob spots Hal at the convention and he's getting slapped by a lady in a costume from that cartoon. Right. <laughs> I, I love the setup to it, though, because he sees Hal just talking to the lady. And then he's like, oh, look at him. He's talking to someone in the, who's wearing the costume from that show. Maybe he's changed. And right. then slap. Yeah, he's being civil. He's he's a new guy. Yeah. And then he gets slapped. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, had, a, I've, had, I've had a very similar um, situation as this where I saw a friend from like across the, the room. Um, I was actually at like I was at a bar. I was with a friend and he was like across. And I was like, oh, I, I found him. I, I've been looking for him. I found him. And he's always oh, talking to his friends. And as I slowly approach one of them just turns and decks him in the face. oh no and i was like okay not friends not friends run to his rescue oh my goodness and so i know that feeling of just seeing and thinking you know what's going on in the distance and it's like oh no wait i was i was way wrong yeah read that one wrong 
Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Jacob kind of pulls Hal aside and he's like, you know, what, what happened? And Hal says uh, that he thought she was a prostitute and apparently $100 wasn't enough. Yeah. Hal's a creep. Yeah. Hal's a creep. Hal doesn't understand why someone would dress up like that if they're not a prostitute. Yeah. This person's just cosplaying, but he doesn't understand, you know, why they're doing that. Cosplay usually being sexy in, in, you know, in appearance. So I guess we're like meant to see that, uh, that Hal hasn't changed from his old school mentality here, you know? So they kind of set up who he was and now they're showing us that he still is this guy. 10 years later, he's that guy. He's that, right. that's who you're going to get in this comic. So, right. And I, I love grumpy guy. I love grumpy old guy in a comic who, who is, it's clear that something has happened yeah. to make him so grumpy and to make him so jaded. And he's still, he's just still like that. I'm like, I'm not upset at him in this book at all. Like, no, I, me neither. There was, there's never a point where like, I really felt against him. Yeah. I'm not like, there's no like hero and villain in this book. They're just telling a really interesting story. And there's a real interesting like uh, dynamic with their relationship. Uh, yeah. But I think that's what Brubaker and Phillips kind of always do. Like there's no, th- like we've said on sort of deadly class, there's no judgment in these characters. Right. There's no sides taken. There's no good and there's no evil. It is just the, the grays. Like you're, you're working with like a human being and a human being does things that are good and they do things that are bad. And it's just showing that it's showing that humans can be both. Yeah, definitely. So one thing going on is I'm having a shitload of fun with this book because it's set at a comic book convention. Of Dude, course. it's like, it's double nerddom for me right now. I'm reading a comic and it's at a convention and they're walking around the convention. And there's like people in cosplay and there's people with like art booths set up. It's so cool. I've never read a comic book that's set at a convention before. It's so much fun. Yeah, and I love this sort of inside baseball, this peek behind the curtain. I love to know, like, sort of what's going on. Like, the Brubaker and Phillips who have written this, like, they've worked in the comic industry, so they know what it's like. So I like seeing these, like, thinking maybe he heard a story from someone, and this is, like, similar to that. Maybe he brought, like, some of his years of experience into writing this. You said he wanted to write it for, you know, 25 years. Like, there's probably a lot, even in that time, he's learned and been able to throw into this book. Definitely, definitely. Now, they get Hal's convention schedule, and first up is a panel with Joe Kubert, Will Eisner, and Al Williamson. Cool. All, these are all legends. Yeah. Hal is not interested, though. He calls it uh, an old-timers panel. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. want to be part of it. He's, like, looking down on it. He's like, that's, that's yeah. garbage. Uh, he wants to skip it. He says, uh, we've got other plans. So they skip the panel. Take off, like, you're in a panel with those dudes and you skip it that's insane that's insane to me yeah but uh, and, and i would be i would be so mad as a fan if i was like going there to see him and he just didn't show up oh for sure 100 percent. yeah 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 but i think like the way the way the book kind of presents it is you're not really sure if people love him or not we don't know yet yeah that, you that's don't true. really like yeah you don't really know well from what we've heard so far it sounds like people well, it sounds like he's a, a, not a very nice person, but his yeah. work is amazing. Right? Yes, but it, it whether fans know that or not, you know, right. whether fans appreciate that, we're not sure yet. We know that Jacob does and like knows someone who works with him knows he was amazing um, or is amazing. Uh, but yeah, fans were unsure. We're unsure what his like 
fandom is. Yeah, so Jacob is driving now with Hal, and Hal's sitting in the back seat like Jacob's his chauffeur. I love that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Jacob tells us the other reason why we might know Hal Crane. And he says he was the other person in the car with Archie Lewis when it crashed and Archie was killed. It was ruled an accident by police, but many think it was a suicide. Now, Hal was just a kid starting to make a name for himself working under Archie when Archie drove into the wall. It sounds like this might be one of the events that turned Hal into this miserable bastard. Like, it seems like a very, like, specific life moment that could have um, affected him some way. But, uh, Dean, I just also wanted to say that this also sounded like a very specific moment to me reading it. And Mm. up until this point, knowing that Brubaker had already thrown in some real people... I wondered if this as well was based on something that actually had happened and it turned out, yes, it was. This is based on Alex Raymond, who is the creator of Flash Gordon, and he influenced some very heavy hitters. He influenced Jack Kirby, Bob Kane, and is an inspiration for George Lucas to do Star Wars. Okay, yeah. Alex Raymond was killed in 1956 when he was driving with fellow cartoonist Stan Drake and he hit a tree. Okay. And there were and, uh, all sorts of talks of like whether or not it was suicide, you know, what was going on. Nobody really yeah, knew. Yeah. Uh, he had some previous accidents leading up to this. So nobody really knew. But I um, I thought it was yeah interesting that that part of it is also based in reality. Definitely. Yeah, that is interesting. And Star Kid, the, um, I guess, strip that he works on in this book is called Star Kid. And uh that kind of sounds like it was a Flash Gordon type thing when he explains what Star Kid was. So that's, that's very interesting. It was Star King. Oh, sorry. Look, you're, I did it. You're doing it. We're messing it all up here, Tim. We got to start it over. That's why there's two of us. We got to start it over. Star King. I'll start this podcast over again. If you'll give us a better drum riff. Okay. Okay. And I'll give you a better dramatic reading too. (laughs) I feel like I wasn't ready for those things. Okay. I guess we're turning it off then. Okay. Start it over. (laughs) Okay. Put this stuff at the end. Everyone will will think that's hilarious. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, (laughs) the podcast. (laughs) Tell you what, Tim, I had a bad weekend. Oh, hey. Wow. Good one, Dean. That was the funniest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're such dorks. Uh, Hey, Dean. I got an idea. Let's skip 30 minutes into the episode. Oh, sounds good, Tim. Does that sound like fun? Yeah, let's go right into the middle of the book. Yeah, let's really make things weird for people. Yeah. So Jacob and Hal arrive at a bar to meet with a dude who has some counterfeit animation cells from the cartoon Danny Dagger and the Fantasticals. Mm -hmm. And he wants Hal to sign them so he can sell them for 300 bucks a piece. And apparently Hal's been doing this type of thing for a while now. This is his way of making money. He's got some gambling debts. And I feel like this is a real dick thing to do from Hal, like to kind of like sign fake uh, pictures. Like it's, mm-hmm. that's yeah. that that's really not cool for your fans, right? Um, but I, I kind of understand it because they tell us he's already sold off most of all his art. Yeah. And what, what's been happening is he watches it sell over and over and over again at how at higher prices throughout the years. So yeah, he's seeing yeah. like this lost opportunity that he 
could have had. And now he's resorting to just doing like the, the most petty thing that he could possibly do. Yeah. That's another thing. It's just like how things increase in price, the more rare they get. And it's like, if you sold it off, you just get to watch it increase like in value go and more and more and more. And I know they, they set it up in this book where I'm just like, yeah, you know what? Do it, <laughs> you know, get, get a little extra cash because, you know, you did it. You did all that work and you're not getting the full benefits of it. Right. Yeah. I am okay with it too. I think we're also hitting on Brubaker's theme here which comes up yeah. quite a bit in this book, but we're starting to hit on it here where, uh, yeah, this guy was like a legend, but didn't have the opportunity to like earn legendary money just yeah. because of the way that this, the system was back in the day. So this is where he's at, right? Like he's a super talented, super famous old dude. And he's resorted to this because of the way the system treated him. For sure. Yeah. He's, he's sort of, um, late way later in his life and he has nothing to show nothing. for a great career. Yeah. Yeah, so Hal's curious uh, and asks this dude if any of his old stuff has come up for auction lately. Right. Uh, he asks, was there something big? Like he specifically asks, was there something big that came up? Yeah. And this dude can't think of anything. Uh, so they go back to the convention and Hal wants to know where he can find a guy named Frank Harmony. And Jacob tells him that Frank will be the one presenting Hal with his award tomorrow. Right. And Hal utters under his breath, insult to fucking injury. So something going on with those two. We don't really know yeah, yet. Yeah, I think they said he was the... Um, he was oh, like, he was one of the owners of the production company who made yeah. the cartoon, who right. produced the cartoon. The cartoon and Danny now they're Dagger. turning the cartoon into a movie with right. one of the side characters. Right. And, or a TV, show, a TV show, I think. They're turning it into a TV show. And like... You know, Hal didn't even know about it. Yeah, so those guys are getting all the money. and Yeah, he's obviously not getting any money for this. He didn't even know what was happening. I think they offered him a, a chunk of money. Like a decent... Later. Yeah, a decent chunk of money. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they do that They do that later. Yeah. They do it later. At this point, he, he didn't even know it's being made into a show. So he's obviously assuming that, again, they're just going to be collecting all the money on his thing that he made. Yeah, they, they do it later, but uh, they, like, they offer it to him and he doesn't take it because he's so offended yeah. by not being involved in a greater degree, right? For like sure, there's, yeah. there's His pride is very strong in this book. Like, there's no reason yeah. you shouldn't, cha shouldn't take a large sum of money um, yeah. for, for nothing, just because he was part of it in the past, but he doesn't want that. He's like, no way, forget it. So it just shows you his character. Yep. Now at the convention here, Mindy, one of the convention organizers, catches up to uh, Hal and Jacob, and she's pissed off, dude, because Hal missed that old-timers panel. And she just announced 10 minutes ago his autograph signing and he's not there. Yeah. So there's a, yeah, he's he's, it's like there's a big lineup waiting there for yeah. you and you're not even there. And this Mindy, uh, this Mindy character is a real hard ass. So, oh, yeah. Um, Hal, he, he like he can't even fight back and he's just like, OK, and he's forced to go to this autograph signing by the time he, Jacob loves it. Oh, yeah. Jacob, uh, Jacob took, thinks it's great. Yeah, he did. He said uh, it was uh, his first. Jacob said it was his first smile of the weekend. Mm. So that means, there you go. That means a lot. Now, yeah. Um, when Hal gets to the booth, there's nobody there, right? And he's all like, "Oh, there's nobody even, nobody even at my fucking booth, right?" But it's because yeah, there's one guy there because yeah. he's so late that everybody left. Yeah, but we'll see. That's that's what we don't know. We don't know if there was a big line true. and everyone left, or if she's just trying to get him to the booth because she doesn't want any empty seats. We just don't quite know. Right. That's a good point. We don't know. 
so yeah, he gets there and there's a kid, like a little young kid, uh, asks, asks if he can sign something. And he puts down uh, this picture and it's already got like six or seven signatures on it. And th- right, then right. the dad kind of steps in and tells him what to sign. So I'm getting the feeling that the dad is just wanting to get everybody's signature so he can sell it. Yeah. Did you get that it's feeling? Just on the, yeah, it's just on like the conference bulletin or, or whatever. Yeah. So again, like, you know, uh, Hal signing something or doing something and not getting any um, money for it when someone else is going to go and get a bunch of money for it. Yeah. And he had actually, that kid was sort of the last visitor. He had a couple visitors. Um, one of them being just a, a regular guy who wanted like a lunchbox signed. Oh, um, yeah. Who seemed like a legit fan, but Hal was just sort of like, oh, he's just going to sell that. He's just going to sell that on eBay or whatever. Right. Um, so he didn't even, you know, acknowledge that that guy was a fan. And then the second guy that showed up was this... Um, uh, I think he was like a maybe it's 97 so I don't know but he he's like some sort of comic publications like he was going to do an interview yeah so I don't know if it was a website at that time or what it would have been but he wanted an interview with Hal but he just started the recorder shoved it in his face and just started to sort of break down his life as he was interviewing him and I am just I mean I've I've been on the other side of that tape recorder before like I've been on the asking the questions and I hated that so this like moment was a trigger this just like reminded me of like how dumb i always felt on the other side of that tape recorder absolutely hated interviewing i love like meeting like comic creators but when it had to be like an interview and come up with smart questions you do too much digging and then you just like hey you did this and this and this and this and this and then you put a recorder in their face and they're like uh yeah i did those things (laughs) like it's just it was it was a little triggering tim yeah i understand that now how was respectfully asking this guy to stop and the dude ends up getting offended. Like he gets upset. So yes, in this instance, I thought Hal was like in the right. I was like, this dude is stepping way over line. I don't like this. I hope I never did things like this bad. Um, Yeah, definitely. I'm just really happy. I don't have to do that anymore. I'm, I'm feeling like this is a bit of commentary that Brubaker put in based upon his experience in conventions like this. With people like you, Dean, sticking a microphone in his face, asking all these questions, right? Without maybe yeah. the preface yeah. of, hey, do you mind if I record? Do you mind if I ask you some questions? Like yeah. this dude just came up, turned on his microphone, put it yeah. in Hal's face and started asking him questions. And Hal's just like, what are you doing? Like, But I, I wonder how much that happens nowadays, right? Especially yeah. in the podcast world. Totally. Um, just yeah. someone coming up, putting the microphone in some dude's face and being like, hey, like, awesome. Here I am. Like, I want to ask you a few questions. Well... I don't know, like you shouldn't do that. You should, you know, yeah. maybe ask if he'd be interested in having an interview on a break or like later that evening or something well, like that, you know? And he's not even asking interesting questions. He's just sort of accusing him. He's just like, hey, you hated writing superheroes, right? Like, that's not why would you even ask him that? Who cares? Like, that's not an interesting question. Yeah. Um. Also, this guy may have been based off of me, Tim. Oh, it might have I been one, you. I had one interaction with Brubaker. Oh, it didn't no, go very well. Dean, no. Seriously? Did you have a microphone? I didn't have a microphone. I never talked to him directly. Uh, I posted an, uh, a review of one of his comics, The Fade Out, and he DM'd me to tell me I uh, had need to read it again. <laughs> well, that's embarrassing. 
<laughs> it was very embarrassing. He was very, honestly, he was very nice about it, but I had missed something crucial in the book and I had made like a big, it was like, it's a detective story. So I had made this big case to who I thought the killer was and had made this like, re- yeah, just really big case with all these facts I thought I had. And I definitely miss interpreted one of the things in the book and misinterpreted one of the facts so he's like you might want to read it again as soon as i read it again i was like oh i have to delete my whole thing (laughs) oh no well like thank you to brubaker for responding to you that's very cool amazing just to do that honestly he he saved me from looking like an idiot because i just needed to read the book one more time so i actually rephrased everything in the uh in the review he's honestly he was great he was very nice he just definitely pointed out that i needed to do a little bit more research (laughs) so maybe i'm not the guy that shoved a microphone in his face but i'm the guy that has the wrong facts right you're one of the guys who led to him so maybe i'm in there a little bit Mm. maybe i'm in there a little bit this guy had a ponytail just like me (laughs) part of you is in this i don't have a ponytail no i don't have hair no no you don't i i was gonna say that it's too bad that the podcast didn't exist at that time Because you could have gone back to him with, oh, sorry, you misunderstood. This is just a what if. Oh, Could have hit him with that. Tim, and then he would have loved it. Then he would have loved it, yeah. (laughs) Yes, yes. If Uh, he's listening right now. Which he is. I'm sorry I I messed up back in the day. Yeah. I read it again and it's great. And Dean also apologizes for his bad joke at the beginning. I well, I still stand by that, Tim. You can't get me to back off that one. I stand by that. That was good comedy. Okay, I was trying to sneak that in, but it didn't work. Yeah, no, that was good. That was good comedy. I've also had interactions with Sean Phillips. Also a great nice, nice guy. A great, a great, a great nice, nice guy. Also a, a great, great nice guy. Oh man, That's this is not a good. One. This is this, this is, is Back to the Future all over again. <laughs> I'm just Why? so I'm sweating over here because I really love Brubaker and Phillips, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, don't blow it. You've already blown it with Brubaker before. Don't blow it again. So at the convention here, Mindy has gone to announce that Hal has taken his seat at the booth. And Hal has already had enough of the interactions just Just with these three people. And he gets up and takes off. So right right when she announces, he's already gone. So that was a lot of fun. Mindy. That Mindy. That Mindy. Now Hal and Jacob go for a drink. And Jacob shares with Hal basically how Hal destroyed his confidence as an artist. And because of it, Jacob is no longer an artist in comics. And Hal doesn't remember doing that, but he says it was probably because he was just trying to toughen Jacob up. Funny, funny way of doing it. Yeah, I really, really like um, Jacob's sort of uh, internal response to that. We get sort of his... uh, um, just his, I guess, dialogue to us or monologue inside his head, whatever, whatever it is, um, where he says that he doesn't know if that makes him feel better or worse, that Hal doesn't even mm. remember saying it because it yeah. crushed his dreams and Hal doesn't even know he said it to him. So it's like, that's good, I guess, because he maybe didn't mean it, but it's also horrible because it crushed my dreams and he doesn't even know he said it. Yeah. So Jacob sees Hal follow this guy, Rook Morgan, into the men's room. And Jacob has a bad feeling about it. So Jacob goes in to see what's going on. And Hal's got a gun pulled on on this Morgan oh guy. Yeah, Hal's screaming. He's like, this Morgan took advantage of me. He stole something from me when I was sick. And he's very, very pissed off. Um, mm-hmm. Morgan says that a girl, Lucinda. Now, this is uh, Hal's daughter. She was looking to sell some of his pages. And then... 
they go to find Lucinda and they find her and she says that she's uh, already sold everything already sold all the art. So I guess Hal gave her, you know, a bunch of art because yeah. she's his daughter. She sold it all and she, uh, she paid uh, off the mortgage of her house with it. So again, yeah. another character that we're meeting who has um, tremendous success off of selling his work. Right. Yes. This and is he's got, and he's got uh, nothing. Yeah. And another character we're meeting that has sold his work. It's her father's, you know, drawings, right. His father's art and she's not holding on to it. She's going to sell it and pay off her house. That's a very good point. Yeah. So yeah. what are you thinking there? I, I'm just thinking, um, sort of, uh, so, so uh, we can get into it later because of things that happen later. I don't want to blow the. Sure. Okay. So I'll just throw in real quick what I'm thinking. Then, yeah. Just as, because you mentioned that and, uh, it just makes me think that people don't want to hold on to anything to do with him because of yeah. like um, the like interactions that they've had with him in the past. They don't want anything to do with him. So they don't feel like a personal connection to his work. So they're just able to like, you know what? It's just easier to sell it. It's worth some money. I have no sentimental value here because this guy's such an ass. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'll, I'll sort of link it to um, Jacob telling us also how great he is and how amazing he is and then not having anyone at his table. It's, I think it's sort of similar to that too, um, where, you know, he's, what table? People in, what ta- the table? At, oh, so at, at his table, at the signings. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like he, like people in the industry um, really respect his art and really appreciate his art, but it seems like other people outside of that um, don't really, don't, yeah, maybe he don't really appreciate it. Maybe he doesn't have the fans. Maybe they don't know about him. And then people in his personal life that he has actually um, sort of harmed with his actions, they don't want anything to do with his art. Sure. It's hard to set it up right now without no, no, talking about the thing. Don't, yeah. don't, don't do anything. I'm not. Don't Tim, talk I'm about not. the thing. Don't talk. I'm about not going to talk about the thing. I did a very good job there. You did, yeah, you did. So Jacob has been asking himself throughout the book why Hal would pick him, and it turns out it's because Jacob's father was a thief, and Hal wants help breaking into this rich person's house who he yeah. thinks has something that belongs to him. Yeah. Great. That's why he wants him. That's why he wants him. Because he's a criminal. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Nice. Oh, you like that one better. That's very similar to Bad Weekend, Tim. No way, dude. <laughs> that one worked. That one was okay, not okay. forced. That okay. one, you just came, I can tell you just came up with that one, right? That's true. The Bad yeah, Weekend, I can tell you were sitting on that all uh, week. You're like, as soon as this podcast starts, I'm going to say I had a bad weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I've been teeing that one up for a week. Uh, okay, so I'm just going to make a note here. Criminal good yeah. joke. Good good joke. Well, it wasn't okay. It wasn't as much a joke. It was just a great timing um, mm. of, of yeah. their, like, the, the name of the book. You, t- okay. you tied in a piece of this book to their overarching, like, volumes and why right. The, right. their volumes are called that. Thanks. You did it. Dude, dude, you did it. (laughs) Thank you. I feel great. Uh, I want to thank my my fans and my friends. Yes, we'd all like. On a successful. We'd all like to thank everybody. We'd like to thank the listeners for tuning in this week. Have we done that yet? Yes. Yes. We are. uh, We, I think we are doing a great job. (laughs) Yeah. 
once again, we're probably might tend, losing more than we're gaining. This might be the best episode ever. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm having a lot of fun. Okay, good, good. I am are, just, are you not having yeah. fun? I, I, everything that comes out of my mouth, I think, is the worst thing I've ever said. Oh no, no, it's all fine. No, no. Okay, I might. I'm just giving you a hard time about that first joke. Okay, okay. Everything else has been great. Oh, thanks. Okay. Yeah. No, don't. Uh, okay. Keep, keep it going. I need, keep the yeah, shit I, moving. I need Let's you to. This. I need you to get your energy back for this. Uh, oh. the final stretch here. Okay, it's here. It's back. Okay, everything's cool. Everything's good. I'll edit that first joke out. And then be... no, Tim. That I like that joke. Oh, okay, sorry. I'm sorry. I'll leave that in, <laughs> and um, everything else is great. Now, Dean, Jacob wants to give us the reader a better picture of who Hal is. Okay. Yeah, I love this part. I love this part too. So I'm going to read um, a little bit here. So okay. don't interrupt me, please. You bet. So he says, as a kid, Jacob didn't have many friends. Friends made him anxious. He was at his happiest reading comics. Those were his real friends. He loved the art of Hal Crane from the first time he saw it. Reading Hal's work was a huge part of his childhood. So when he was able to actually go to work with Hal, it was a dream come true. But once he started working with Hal, that was all lost. But Jacob does have a beautiful memory of Hal. It was when Hal took him to his personal library in his house and showed him a book that Hal was the proudest of. Hal's newspaper strip collection. Hal had cut out Sunday comics as a child and pasted them into a large cloth-bound book. As Hal told Jacob about the book, Jacob could feel the kid coming out in Hal. Jacob said eventually Hal fell asleep while Jacob was looking at the book and Jacob threw a blanket on him, but the next day, it was like none of it ever happened. But that was Jacob's favorite memory of Hal. So, I like this for the reason that Jacob seems like a normal person to us here. Like, he, he feels things. Um, while Hal has been this hard-ass, uh, grumpy old man, we also haven't gotten, a, like, a lot from Jacob. He, he's been distant. He's been a bit cold. And I like here that we're getting some some personality to him, some, some of his feelings, some of, like, what... Um, what goes on inside of him and 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 some of like how maybe some of how some of the reasons why he's so upset with the way things end with Hal because he had some great memories he really looked up to him but uh Hal just kind of crushed everything yeah he's not just presenting the facts anymore to us he's he's getting a little more into um his personal relationship with Hal and a little it, it sort of gives us more about Hal more about how He's just sort of, you know, he's this, I think the story he was telling was when Hal was, you know, 60 and they were still doing an all nighter doing comics, like, like drawing the comics, doing the, the inking. Um, it's like, he's 60 and he's doing an all nighter. He shouldn't be doing this. So you get this, you get more of sort of the sad story of Hal. And then also, yeah, you get some of Jacob's feelings. You, you get uh, more of their connection. And I, that's why I just really, really enjoy this part. I really love hitting this part of the book every time I read it. Um, cause it, it definitely opens you up to both characters. It's, it's again, just showing you that they're both humans. Like they both feel things and, and here's like, here's where they bonded together. And then, you know, the next day it's like back to usual, whatever. Yeah. We've all been there. Oh, had, totally. Had a few too many I mean, drinks and said some things we forgot yeah. about or, I don't know, opened up 
too much about i don't know definitely or just yeah just had a had a couple drinks and that's when it all flows out and then you know the next day you're just like well i'm just gonna go back to being regular because i gotta hide those feelings yeah so i wonder if like how really meant it or if he was just kind of like i don't know in a spot where he was just just felt like sharing you know we don't really know yeah, we I, don't really know there's a lot of stuff in here they don't really um they don't really let us know about they leave things fairly open with um these these peoples and their the characters and their personalities yeah i do th- i do think that when hal has a few drinks he's able to um remember the things that made him happy in life because that's sort of what he got into there he was like pulling out his old comic strips and saying like oh i loved this and he was just going into so much detail explaining why i loved it so much reminds me of when i go into so much detail explaining a comic to my wife how much i love it and i know she's tuned out after like 30 seconds um you just you you get so much joy over something so it's really amazing to see hal have this joy because uh jacob mentioned that he heard when hal was younger he he had all this joy about the industry and all this joy about, um, you know, being an artist and loving comics. And we don't see that. All we see is this, you know, after this incident that happened, um, he's now no longer happy. He's just this grumpy guy, you know, down on the industry, hates everything about it. And it's nice to see a moment that he, when he was still in that grumpy state, when he was older and 60, he had this moment where he's still like, oh, I love this, though. I love these comics here. These are the strips I saved. Yeah, I think we definitely needed that moment from Hal just to For see sure. that he, yeah. he had those feelings. He was like, you know, a human at one point. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, yeah, w- without that moment, you might you might still have hard feelings yeah. for some of the things he's saying. But with you that would. moment, you're like, oh, this I know this guy. Yeah. Like, it this has up. been me in moments. Yeah, for sure. So Jacob and Hal head to a restaurant to meet a hired thief named Ricky Lawless. And Ricky wants to up the ante here. And he wants to rob this dude's home while the dude is still there, just yeah. in case this guy's got some stuff locked away in a safe and they need to open it. So I, yeah, that's that's yeah. a great idea. I'm, I'm that's a I think that's a really smart thing. Um, I think yeah, I think it's a good idea. Jacob doesn't appreciate it. He no. thinks he's uh, just increasing the danger, which he definitely is for sure. Um, but it makes yeah, sense. The lo- yeah, the Lawless family, big and criminal, big family and criminal. They're oh. they're in almost yeah, they're in almost every arc. There's a bunch of the family members, dad, um, also a couple sons. They are always sort of touching a piece of each. This arc. guy is Ricky in it. Yep, yep, Ricky. Okay, because I really liked Ricky from the first time I saw him. Yeah. Um Like I've gotten my notes here that I would rob anything with him. I'd just like yeah. just to go along with him. I'd like take part in anything because he just seems like, such like a I cool dig this guy. guy's vibe totally but it makes sense that he's already um like a fleshed out character and yeah. not just some like random character they put in he almost felt larger than life in some way i'm really fascinated that you said that because he seemed like almost maybe the most major player in the book but we, totally, we don't yeah. know anything about him he's only in it for a bit so to hear that yeah. he's been in other stories and his family is like his big family that just like shows me how great of a, a job they did writing this character and illustrating him because it was also his appearance. Uh, yeah. That's really cool, man. Yeah, you get basically nothing from Jacob almost in this book. Like if you go and read Bad Night, you're going to get a much like bigger view of what Jacob's like. But yeah, um, Ricky in this book is, uh, he kind of pops. Yeah. So Ricky, Hal, and Jacob, they break into this dude's house and this is uh, basically the guy who bought the art from Lucinda. Right. And they don't find what they're looking for, though. Uh, the guy who lives there, David, uh, he ends up telling Hal what he bought from Lucinda. 
And that's not what Hal's looking for. He's looking for something different. So they kind of just yep. leave this guy alone. Now the three of them are back at a bar. They're drinking again. There's lots of bars and drinking in this book. I like it. It's a lot of fun. Great. <laughs> ja- <laughs> and Jacob needs to get Hal back to the convention for his Lifetime Achievement Award. And Hal does not care. He, he wants to skip it. <laughs> he wants to skip his Lifetime Achievement Award. I love it. I know. He calls it. This is what he calls it. An award for spending his entire life bent over a drawing table with nothing to show for it. Yeah, <laughs> so, I know. That's so great. But it's like, that's how he pictures this, right? This is how he views this award. It's meaningless yeah. to him, right? He, what does an award do for him? He wants money, right? He wants the yeah. money. He doesn't want this. I think this is, yeah. I think at this point, it's very interesting. It's, they're making a show out of a character that he used to work on and you know he hasn't even been told about it but he's here to get a lifetime achievement award like what does that even mean it means that like it's like congratulations here you go you know lifetime achievement it means no no it means you're a legend it means that you have huge success but what he doesn't have is money he has success he has fame he doesn't have money yeah, I'm saying like in his point of view, what is this? This isn't what I want. You, What you could have done is given me all this money for the show of this character that I worked on. That's what he's concerned about. Yet, yet he's been spending this whole book trying to hunt down a piece of his art. So at this point, I'm very confused or not even confused, but very um, curious of what this piece of art is because he doesn't seem to care at all about anything he's done so far or about you know any, any of the... Um, art he's created he doesn't even care about that art that's selling for a ton he broke into a guy's house the guy had the art in a safe so it's obviously worth a lot of money he doesn't care about that he's looking for one specific thing so i'm very intrigued about what that is and and when we leave stuff in this guy's safe that they broke into i'm starting to think it's not about money i'm starting to think he wants this art he just wants this piece of art so now i'm like okay what is this what is this thing that he wants does he really actually love what he did and he wants a piece that he really cares about like that's what i'm starting to think about at this at this point that's a great point yeah now they're at the dinner um hal has agreed to go and jacob can see the anger building up in hal for this frank harmony guy yeah (laughs) and um when when hal gets called up he accepts the award and he's very gracious about it and he actually tells a very touching story so he kind of like does everything required of him for that award ceremony uh and then he punches frank in the mouth (laughs) right after that punches frank in the mouth it's kind of it's kind of like back when he was talking to that woman in the lobby yeah and then she turns and slaps him it's like this from afar looks like it's going well but something's about to happen right it's like he wants to punch frank but everybody else wants him to like receive this award so he's like okay we'll make everybody happy here i will receive the award i'll do all this stuff that i don't care about yeah and as soon as it's done i'm gonna punch this guy in the mouth which is what i really want to do so and apparently, like, they gave him a nice, like, warm response you know, before the punch. Right. So that, like, Jacob was thinking, oh, maybe he gave this speech because he just, like, was so honored, actually, that everyone does care about him and everyone does appreciate him. But at the end, he's like, I'm still going to punch that dude, though. Yep. Uh, so, like, a big uh, a big kerfuffle uh, ensues. Uh, yeah. Jacob ends up getting tasered in the confusion. <laughs> Great. And uh, both him and Hal get um, put in the back of a cop car. Yeah. Now, Dean, I'm going to do an art art pause here because these an art pause, an art pause. Yeah, I just made that up. These panels yeah. on I think it's one or two pages, they blew me away. Um, it's it's them in the back of this car, 
So there's, I yeah. think, maybe one panel where you see the exterior of the car and the red and blue. And then every other panel inside the police car is just shades of red and blue with yeah. Jacob and Hal talking. Uh, red, blue, and black. It It's like, man, it looks so awesome. I'm sure I'll post yeah. uh, some some pictures of that uh, for Great social point. media. Yeah. It's just so beautiful. I mean, things like that. Like when artists do stuff like that, it just takes me out yeah. of the book and I love it. I just sit there. I sit there staring at these panels for so long. I think we've, we've mentioned it before. I'm not a very fast comic book reader because I study the art usually as much as the story. Um. And I mean, totally. I just found myself on this page. It's like, oh, wow, that looks that yeah. looks really good. Yeah, I just want to shout out to uh, Jacob Phillips, which is the colorist. Okay, yeah. J- which Jacob. might be Sean Phillips' son. Oh, get out. Really? I am not sure about that. Fact checker. We need a fact checker. Y- fact checker? Should I check it right now? Yeah, pull it up. I'll keep going. You pull that up. Okay. Oh, I bumped the mic again, Tim. Hey, Dean, maybe the mic's too close to you. Yeah. <laughs> maybe Dean Hal tells Jacob here that he was a good artist and that he should stick with it. So funny time to do that. The back of the cop car, like kind of, yeah. Yeah. Things seem down, but he's like, yeah, no dude, you were good. Jacob tells himself that this was his favorite moment of the weekend. So one time before he smiled. He told he told us that was he smiled yeah. and that was his smi- he smile. He liked that part so much. But this is his favorite. Yeah, I, I I like that. I like getting these moments from Jacob because as we've said, we don't really get a lot from him. And uh so I like when he's telling us what he enjoys about like the book we're reading. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like when he says this right now, I know it's gonna be good. Like this him saying this is his favorite part. And it's because it's because Hal in this moment is basically telling him to go for it. Like he's telling him, he's like, you should never have stopped being an artist. Yes. Do it. Like, even though it's a dying art form, whatever, who cares? When did that stop anyone? It's been dying for years. Like, just do it. Well, it sounds like all Jacob needed was like a confidence boost from Hal, like the guy he yeah. idolized and he never got it until yeah. now. Yeah. And it, it seems like now that's like enough to get him back into it. That's all he needed. So totally. it's yeah. kind of sad that Jacob would put so much um, emphasis on what Hal thinks, but for whatever reason he did. And now he's kind of getting what he needed. Like out of, out of this weekend, this is probably the last thing he thought he would receive is like um, adoration from Hal. So yeah, of course he loves it. Did you find out about uh, the artist? The yep. colorist? The fact check is in Jacob Phillips as Sean Phillips son. Wow. That's so yeah. cool, man. Yeah. That is so cool. Thank you for checking that. Uh, Jacob asks Hal here what pages he's looking for. Like, what is this all about? What are you looking for, man? Mm. And Hal says something he drew back when he worked for Archie Lewis. Just a mistake he made. One of many. Yeah. That's interesting. What Very is, interesting. What does that mean? And- also, what's interesting is sort of Jacob's responses or not responses, but what he's thinking at this time, because he's like, I just had to ask. Hmm. Like, it, it's almost like it, he knew he knew the answer, but he definitely wanted to make sure. Hmm. So it's Sunday now and Jacob goes home. He's narrating that Hal was um, referred to as a master without a masterpiece, but that wasn't true. There was a masterpiece just that only a handful of people have seen it. 
Jacob goes into a drawer and we see a sealed package with Star King written on it. He says, on one of Hal's most drunken nights, he told Jacob some secrets. One being the real story of Archie Lewis's death. So here we go, Dean. Mm -hmm. We're going to get it right now. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Hal had been working on Star King with Archie for only a short time. But the syndicate approached him, wanting him to take over the book because Archie was demanding too much money. So I guess they were alluding to the fact that the syndicate was like kind of in control of this, uh, maybe the comic company back then. And was right. like uh, roughing people up, pushing people around, that type of thing. Hal put all his efforts into samples of the Star King strip for a month. Now he knew he was betraying Archie, but hoped Archie would be happy that someone was taking over. Someone who really loved the script. And if he could just show Archie the pages... Maybe Archie wouldn't see it as a betrayal. But someone at the agency tipped off Archie, and Archie took Hal for a drive and crashed into a wall. Jacob says Hal doesn't remember telling him all of that, and wonders how many times Hal has gone searching for the missing art. But that night he cried about Archie and begged Jacob to take the pages away and burn them. Those strips for Star King were the best thing Hal had ever drawn, and Hal couldn't bring himself to destroy them. So he asked Jacob to promise to destroy them. So Jacob took them and promised, and then Jacob tells us here, maybe someday he will. Maybe. And then it ends. Man, this this ending hits so hard. It's so heartbreaking. I had read this book before, and rereading it for the podcast, I had somehow forgot about this ending. I had somehow just thought that Jacob stole them. Like, I knew Jacob had them, but I thought he took them. So when we get to the point that it's like, oh yeah, Hal is so ashamed of this stuff. Because this is when he turned his back, sort of, on his idol to get ahead in the industry... And that caused his idol to kill himself. He couldn't look at this work. He couldn't. He didn't want this work in his possession anymore. He couldn't destroy it, though, because he knew it was so good. He knew how much time and effort he put into it. He gave it to someone else to destroy for him. And here's where it comes in where Jacob, a man who knows his talent, knows Hal's talent, is not able to destroy it. He's such a fan of it. He's the one keeping it. We've had all these people selling his art throughout the book, but Jacob is the one holding on to it when he's specifically been asked to get rid of it. And I just I found this so powerful, this moment. Like, this is why when I was reading this book and I got to this ending, I was like, oh my goodness, I need to read more. I need to read more Brubaker Phillips. These, these endings always hit so hard. They always are so great. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well said. I mean, this whole book is a lead up to the final like two pages where we get yeah. that reveal that Jacob is the one who has the art, this art that uh, Hal's looking for the whole time, but doesn't remember what happened to it. Right. But he gave it to Jacob to destroy. Right. But yeah. doesn't remember it in one of these drunken evenings, you know, similar to what Hal uh, 
sorry, similar to when um, um, Jacob was telling us his favorite night with Hal, right? Where he just, Hal yeah. let some stuff out. Uh, maybe that was even the night that he gave it to him, right? That might've yeah. been the night, but um, you know, clearly Hal, you know, does some drinking or something like that and has some emotional moments. And then, um, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe he shows who he really is in those moments. Maybe he's, mm-hmm. you know, that's who he is. Maybe he just, he's so hardened by the industry that this, this persona he he's showing every day is just like what the industry has done to him, but that's not him. You know, he's like, yeah. a, um, you know, like a, just a more like genuine, honest dude, like, but he's been crushed by, you know, his circumstances. Totally. That's why it's heartbreaking. Like it, it is in this moment where I'm just thinking, oh my goodness, like I totally understand why you would just be pushing away everything about the industry from, you know, from, from what had happened, from everything that had happened. You d- you took one shot at trying to sort of get ahead and that was the worst time ever. That was the worst moment in your life. And you can't even, you don't even want to keep, like, well, I guess he doesn't want that art to get out. He doesn't want anyone to have that art. Like he wants that in his possession. So he is like kind of horrified that he doesn't have it, thinks it's been stolen, thinks it's out on the market. He doesn't want anyone to have it. And just it being called Bad Weekend and having this ending come up where it's where Jacob thinks maybe other weekends he's been searching for it too. Maybe this isn't the first time he's ever gone out searching for it. That is also just such a gut punch that like we just read this Bad Weekend. There's probably been more of these. There's probably been more Bad Weekends when Hal's been out searching for his art because he doesn't remember that he gave it to Jacob. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think he wants his art back? I think he doesn't want it out there. Because he says it's a mistake. Because he says it's a mistake he made. He doesn't want people to know that he is the reason Archie is dead. Like, I don't think he's the, like, I don't, I don't want to say he feels guilty about it. You think he feels so guilty. He feels that he's the reason that Archie is dead. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want anyone to know that he did that. He doesn't want anyone to know that he made all those strips like he said he made eight weeks or something of star king strips um to to present to them like to to be able to take over the job and he doesn't want anyone to see that he did that right yeah so he's he feels guilty about his decision there yeah 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 i could see that i think that's a fair that's a fair assessment yeah he never worked on star king right no he just worked on like the, he, I think he worked for a month. He said, doing yeah. he worked like he did dailies for a month trying to get the job. Like he wanted the yes. he wanted to yeah. get the job, um, of drawing what Archie was drawing because yes. Archie, you know, was asking for too much money. So I guess he feels so guilty is, turning his yeah. back on his favorite artist, and in turn becomes this super successful artist who then is feeling guilty every moment of his life after that, unless he's yeah. drunk and yeah. um, then like makes other people who are working for him feel the pain that he felt, yeah. but that he chose for himself. Like he, yeah. cho- he made that decision to, to, to do those drawings, to try to like, you know, take over Archie's job. And then um, with, with other people like Jacob, he's just telling them that they're no good, right? That they're not, yeah. they're not good enough. Maybe he's worried that someone's going to try to do that to him. Right. There you go. Actually, I never thought of that. I was just going to say that's a good point that, you know, he probably tells everybody that's underneath them that they suck, 
because he doesn't want somebody to do that to him. He doesn't want somebody to take over his job. Oh man, yeah, that's totally. And he, he like loved Starking. He had those strips. He shows them when he gets drunk. Like he loved it. He loved working for Archie. And he did like thought he had this opening in his career and it ended up being the worst thing for him. I, I just think that's why he doesn't want it out there. If he never worked on Starking, if this gets out there that he has all these pages, they might be able to, like, people might be able to figure out what exactly was going on. Maybe he did these when he was under Archie. Maybe this is why Archie, you know, drove into the brick wall or whatever. Like, I just think he is so ashamed of what he did here that he doesn't want it getting out at all. He needs it to be just in his possession. Sure. But at the same time, everything that we've gotten from him in this book leads us to the fact that he wants this because it would be worth so much money. This would be the most valuable thing that he could ever come across. So I like how they leave many things open in this book. There's many things left. Now, I think certain things are alluded to more so than others. So I think that we're probably on the right path here with what's going on. But at the same time, nothing is cut and dry. And I think you could look at it like he still does want to get this just because of how valuable this would be. This would be the what this is his whale. This is the one thing he needs to be that super rich guy because he could sell this for so much money. So but I like that they don't tell us they don't tell us about like what actually happens right because he never gets his hands on this yeah i i just really like how um brubaker and phillips construct a story i love that like most of their stories are like this it's it's not going to end so definitively um it's just it's just a story like of of it's just about this bad weekend and uh, yeah i'm with you like i think I, i don't think he's going for the money but you're right they don't tell us exactly what he's going for here um, they don't tell us why he wants it, just that he wants it and he calls it a mistake. I I can't believe this is only two issues. Yeah, I know. There's so much good stuff in here for two issues. Yeah. Like there's, yeah. I don't know. I thought we it's could packed. probably do this. I, I thought we could probably do this in an hour, less than an hour. And then as I started to make some notes, I'm like, yeah, I want to kind of talk about all the stuff in this book. Like we, there's not a lot you can leave out to have this story still make sense. So really, really cool. Okay, time for what if. What if. All right, Dean. Okay, it's clear. Quaid. Clear your mind, Quaid. <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow, that was cool. I want you to flush your brain out. A little t- I just, total recall I just moment picture there. a gross-looking baby. <laughs> yeah, totally. I want you to clear your mind for this one. Okay, okay. Because okay? this is going to require a cleansing of the mind, an okay, openness, okay. a willingness to receive. Okay, willingness. Okay. So uh, uh, this is our uh, what if segment where we like to speculate on what if this happened? What if that happened? We're not trying to change the story. We're not trying to make it better. We're just trying to come up with a little bit of a discussion about like, what if this happened a little bit differently? So Dean, my what if for you is what if Hal does know that Jacob has the pages for Star King? 
What if he was hoping that this weekend, Jacob would come clean about having them, and that's why he chose him for this weekend? I love it. I love it. He he asked him to destroy them, and he wants to see if he did it. And he wants to see if he did it, or if he sold them, or whatever happened. I really like it because I I would say the one thing that for me is kind of weird is that he chose Jacob because he thought he had connections to breaking in. Yes. He didn't know they were going to have to break in somewhere. Right. And the question is asked early, why me? Why Jacob? Why did he decide to pick me? And uh, yeah, yep. that's why he decided to pick you because he knows you have the pages and he wants you to either come clean about destroying them, come clean about selling them. He wants to know what happened to them. I love it, Tim. I didn't even need to open my mind that much. I love it because I was already <laughs> I was already at the point where I just thought that that was kind of weird. It was a bit weird. Yeah. Um we just kind of, we accepted it because that was what fe- was fed to us. There was yeah. nothing else provided that would counter the idea that that's why he chose him. Yeah. Um, I think if you look at it that way, it does a real big reversal of characters yeah. in the book where Hal all of a sudden is the person giving redemption and Jacob yeah. is the one who's not accepting it and who's kind of like closed himself off. And doesn't want to share or open up. So I really like the dynamic of that possibly being something that occurred. Especially in that car at the end um, where Hal and Jacob are talking and, you know, Hal is just like, oh, it's just a mistake I made. Um, and, And Jacob's, you know, prying to try to figure out what it is exactly. Like, it's interesting in that moment if Hal knows, if he knows that Jacob is finally realizing what what piece of art it is. Um, yeah, I, I do like it. I It does flip the table a bit. Um, and Hal especially telling Jacob that he was good and he should keep going for it. Like, that, those are kind of the last little bits that he's throwing at him to be like, maybe he'll tell me now that he has the art. <laughs> like, I'll give him the last little piece yeah. here. I really like it. I actually, it's another one of those things that, I mean, that you bring up and I'm like, yeah, you know what? That is kind of in my mind now in this comic. If I read it again, that would be in the back of my mind. Another thing that we don't know, we don't know 100% that that's what happened in here, um, but something that's very interesting to think about. Yeah, it's it's possibly like left open for interpretation because yeah. since they don't tell us exactly what's going on, we're allowed to come up with our own ideas. And that's this is an idea I came up with. And like, what, what if that's, what if he knows? Like, and yeah. read it again with that in mind. And it's very interesting. Um, Because it really does reverse kind of the whole way you read this book. So yeah, that's uh, that's our what if for this week. Cool. Wow. We talked a long time about two issues. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, I know. I knew we were going to because there's so much in here. I know there's so much in there. That was awesome. I would. Yeah, I would say go read Bad Night now. Everybody go read Bad Night. Like the the follow up to Bad Weekend because you're going to get a lot from Jacob and uh, it's just, yeah, it's one of my favorite criminal arcs. Awesome. So what is bad weekend? Uh, how many issues is that? Oh, sorry. Bad night, bad, bad night. night, bad night is four or five. I can't remember exactly how many it is. Uh, it's either four or five. Okay, cool. Dean, thank you for joining. Yes. Anytime, Tim, every time, every Tim. time. Well, we'll see you next week. 
And thanks everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next time. If you're looking for additional content from Talking Back, sign up for our monthly newsletter. We'll be doing monthly wrap-ups, sneak peeks, we'll show you some behind-the-scenes stuff, we'll be sharing recommendations, and who knows what else is going to go on. Find a link to the sign-up form in the bio of any of our social media accounts, or feel free to reach out to Tim or Dean and we'll set you up. everybody i'm adam i'm john and every week we are giving you a blast from our past we are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns tv show reviews album reviews top tens and more all from the things of our nostalgic past so please join us every single week on the blast from our past podcast you can find us on spotify stitcher apple podcasts however you listen to podcasts you can find us and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.